Hi, and welcome to the State of Shakespeare. I'm Jim Elliott. And I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And today in the program, we have Blaine Swen. Blaine is the creator and director of the Improvised Shakespeare Company, and we cannot wait to pick his brain. Hi, Blaine. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. And speaking of brain, I was looking at your bio. Your bio lists a PhD in philosophy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what actually took me to Chicago. So I, I moved to Chicago. Uh, in the early 2000s to start going to grad school and study philosophy in Chicago. Chicago is well known as the capital city of modern improvisation. And I had done improv as a hobby. And I, while I was in Chicago going to grad school, just fell into the world of improv comedy in Chicago. So you were doing improv to let off steam while you're working on your PhD. By the way, what was your PhD dissertation in? I did philosophy of religion and religious epistemology. And I wrote on the logic of the atonement. Wow. The title of the paper was On the Logic of Divine Human Reconciliation. Wow. I, I already feel like I'm completely and utterly outside of my depth. But maybe, how do you relate that to Shakespeare? Well, there's one actually very immediate and practical connection that related in that when I started this group, the Improvised Shakespeare Company, it was important to me that we learned about Shakespeare at the beginning and didn't just do sort of a broad parody in our show. And there was a professor at Loyola named Andrew Kutcherfellow. Uh, his name is still Andrew Kutcherfellow, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and he, he would meet with us and help walk us through the canon. And he was a philosophy professor with a passion in Shakespeare who has since written a lot about Shakespeare's philosophy, and the idea of Shakespeare as a musical Socrates. And so he, he met with us as a group and walked us through. So there's a very immediate connection to my philosophy studies at Loyola University and the improvised Shakespeare Company. Did you just refer to Shakespeare as the musical Socrates? Yes. So, so this was something that, that Andrew Kutcherfellow was tapping into, the idea that Socrates, as he died, was you know lamenting that he didn't experiment more with the art. And so Andrew has this idea that, that Shakespeare is a deeply philosophical figure who is expressing deep human truths and philosophy through art and music. Oh, that, I mean, I don't think you'd get many Shakespeare scholars who would disagree with that, but I mean, it, it's such yeah. a unique way of, of thinking about Shakespeare as opposed to a, an amazing dramatist. Right. It is, and it is, it's a beautiful phrase, the musical Socrates. I really, I just like saying it. Oh, I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> but speaking, Consider it stolen. <laughs> so you're, at the time that you uh, were becoming involved in improvisation, you, you had this interest in Shakespeare and somehow they merged together. What sparked the idea that you could do something called improvised Shakespeare? And I have to say, it sounds like a contradiction in terms. What, what, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, sure. In one sense, it totally, you know, it is a bit of a contradiction. Shakespeare was the only one who could improvise Shakespeare because he was the only one who was actually Shakespeare. So we say we are improvising shows using the styles and the themes and the language of Shakespeare. But the idea for improvising in the style of Shakespeare has actually, you know, been around for a long, long time. In short form improv, a short form improv is improvisation like you see on whose line is it anyway? It's usually a scene game that has some sort of twist. You're performing a scene and every time somebody says the word blanket, you have to do something. Or you're performing a scene and when they hit the buzzer, you have to start singing. One of the short form games that is popular to play is a styles game. You're performing a scene and you are to perform that scene in a particular style. So you perform the scene in the style of film noir, you perform a scene in the style of a musical, or you perform a scene in the style of Shakespeare. 
And so that was my first experience performing Shakespearean improv. And then I became part of groups that experimented with performing it longer and longer. So coming to Chicago, I had had a performing Shakespearean improv already. And seeing that there, not only was there a vibrant scene of performers, there was just in Chicago a really enthusiastic and energetic audience base for improv, unlike any other audience base I had ever seen before. And I, I thought, you know, I think a Shakespearean improv show might, might really take off in this city. And so I, uh, the first person I approached to be in the group was Thomas Middleditch who's now on Silicon Valley. And so I talked to him. We were sitting down at a sandwich shop, and I explained the idea for what I wanted to do. And he said, this sounds ridiculous, and I'm in. So, <laughs> so, he, so he was in, and we, we grabbed a few more players, and we were off and running, and, and we did our first few shows at Donnie's Skybox at the Second City. Now, how long ago was that? That was in 2005, fall of 2005. So, oh, almost 12 years ago. And well, then shortly after that, I, I met Sharna Halpern at the I.O. Theater. And she invited us to have an open run there. And we've been running there ever since. That's, oh, that's remarkable. So you've been running for 12 years now. Yeah, that's, that's right. And you tour as well, fairly extensively, yes? Yes, that's right. So the show's grown quite a bit. You know, we did those five shows at Dining Skybox, which is the student stage. And then we started doing one show a week at the I.O. Theater. And then one show turned into two, into three, and now it's up to five shows a week. And now we have a resident company in Chicago as well as one in Los Angeles. And like you said, we're touring quite a bit. In fact, our next tour stop is this weekend at the Kennedy Center. We're stopping for two shows there. That's not too shabby. Yeah, not at all. Well, you came to us through... I think it was Kevin Rich, right? Yeah, Kevin Rich in the Illinois Shakespeare Festival. He mentioned that you're performing down there as well this summer. That's right. Every... Tuesday, we were doing five shows on Tuesday night this summer, every Tuesday. That's amazing. There's a big difference, I imagine, between performing on the stage of an improv club or improv theater and performing on the stage of something like the Illinois Shakespeare Festival. Can you talk about the differences there? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. When we first started performing at the Illinois Shakespeare Festival, it was different than performing at the I.O. Theater because by now, having performed at I.O. for so long, the audience has an idea of what we're doing already. And mm-hmm. so they, they're coming prepared to laugh and they're coming with an idea of what they're about to see. And even if there's somebody new, the chances are they've been brought by somebody or they heard about the show. And so they know what they're getting into. The first time I think that we went to the Illinois Shakespeare Festival, I'm not quite sure the audience knew what they were getting into. So they were experimenting a little with us. And so there was some moments of quiet at the beginning while the audience was sort of studying the show until somebody would make a mistake. And then it would dawn on the audience that, oh my, they are actually making all of this up. And then you could feel the audience loosen up and go along for the ride with us. And now, of course, it's our fifth year performing at the Illinois Shakespeare Festival. So now that audience is coming with an idea of what to expect and what they're getting into. Well, what should an audience expect? What, what is an improvised Shakespeare show like? Oh, yeah, that's an excellent question. So the, uh, what we do is we ask the audience to give us a title of a play that's never been written. And then we make up that play on the spot. All of the dialogue is said for the first time. We haven't memorized any lines. All of the characters are created right there on the spot while the audience watches. The whole plot and narrative is created while the audience watches. And we improvise that full-length play as we go. 
So nothing's been planned out, and the audience is just watching the play unfold right before their eyes. And are you improvising in iambic pentameter and rhyming couplets and using archaic language? Right. So we are improvising. We say we're improvising in the style of Shakespeare. It quickly turns into sort of the style of Monty Python very fast. But <laughs> we, There's a fine line we, between too. There is, yes. But we do. We, we try to make our language Elizabethan. We try to use Elizabethan themes and, and archetypes. We play with Shakespearean archetypes. So when you, you see one of our shows, you'll see sort of recognizable Shakespearean figures. I could talk to you, if you'd like, about how we change some of our language yeah. and make it Shakespearean. How do you do that? Okay, great. Well, the first and easiest thing that you could do, you know, is to play with your second-person pronouns, your yous. You know, so you play with the thee, thou, thy, thy. And if you mm. can get that down, that you almost instantly sound more Shakespearean. So if you can change the you when the you is a subject of a sentence, if you change it to thou, you know, like, you are nice. You know, thou art tonight. You went to the store. Thou didn't go to the store. And that suddenly, already you're sounding more Elizabethan. And then, of course, if it's the object, direct or indirect, you just change it to thee. So, I like you becomes I like thee. Or I want to give this to you. I, I want to give this to thee. And then thy and thine being the possessive. You know, is this thy bag? That kind of thing. And so if you do that, already you're off and running. You sound like Shakespeare. So if you change any one thing, you can change your these out thy thine. But then we heighten it even more from there and play with metaphor and simile and oh. where we could say something efficiently in just three words, we try to use a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is great. I love I love hearing this. It feels almost like you're giving away secrets. But what what else do you have in your bag of tricks that is your go-to? Well, you know what? It is a real crowd pleaser and it's something that really pleases us too is we love to rhyme. And so we rhyme quite a bit in our shows. And Shakespeare, since we're you know, improvising in the style of Shakespeare, we have a nice excuse to rhyme on a regular basis if ever we're playing fairy or witches or bantering lovers or we're exiting a scene, we might exit with a powerful rhyming couplet. Right. And that's, that's something that we like to do. A nice secret about setting up an improvised rhyme is it's a good idea, or this is how I do it. You know, some people approach it differently. And some people have the ability to just freestyle rhyme. One of the members of our group, Ross Bryant, is an amazing freestyle rhymer. And he can just go into a world of rhyme and be there for hours. And it's incredible. The way that I set up a rhyme is I find the word I want to land on when I'm creating a rhyme and I put it in my back pocket. So if I was you know, thanking you for having me onto, onto the podcast, I might quickly think of some words that relate to podcast, podcast, interview, discussion, things like that. And I would grab one word, say interview, and I would put it in my back pocket and then I would set up my rhyme and I would say something like, there is but one thing now left to do to thank you for this interview <laughs> right. so you you put the the word you want to land on in your back pocket and then you you rhyme into it that's the way that i like to do it you can always set up your rhyme, and then if you just speak gibberish up top it still looks like you planned it right, as right. long as you land on <laughs> land on something oh that's great thank you so much you have a unifying theme in shakespeare and you have a unifying theme of the name of the unwritten play right but on any given night is there like do you say tragedy? Do you say comedy? Or is there any other theme that you throw out to the audience to work off of? Oh, that's great. The only thing we ever ask for from the audience is a title of a play that's never been written. 
And then we don't know whether that play is going to be tragic or comic until we get to the very end. A lot of times we think we've set up a beautiful comedy and everybody's about to get married and everything's great and it ends in a horrific bloodbath. And well, that was a, that was a tragedy. <laughs> right at the last minute, some horrible thing happens and everybody dies. Or we'll you know we'll be in the middle of a bloody war and and suddenly you know a couple will pair off and get married and it's a it, it seems like it's a tragic comedy in the middle of it. So we have we don't know really what we're working with until we get right there at the very end, and and that's the, some of the excitement do for us is, you know, we have no idea where it's going and no idea how it's going to wrap up. And it's always so exciting when you get to the end and tie a bow on it. Oh, that's great. So if I was to give you the title of, of an unwritten play, could you do a little monologue right now? Well, I could give it a go. Sure. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Give me a title. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you had one ready to go no, in your back pocket. <laughs> I did not have anything in my back pocket. I didn't expect him to say yes. <laughs> oh, Blaine, I love this. Okay, let's do one bright day in the middle of the night. One great day in the middle of the night. Okay. So what we do is we will often, we'll take the title, and then what happens at the very beginning of our show is somebody will come out and deliver a prologue. So I'll deliver that prologue one great day in the middle of the night is what Perfect. we'll do right now. Okay. Oh, for a time that one cannot forget. Time when all is dark and the sun has thus set. Oh, for a time when lovers come to swoon there beneath only the light of the moon. And if in that dear darkest night what if there came such a wondrous sight? But for a moment, when night was so dark, what if the sun shone for a moment there with its fiery spark? And so would we behold there with tremble and fright. There would we behold the sun in the darkest night. I, what would lovers do and what would then they say to look up in the night sky and for a moment there see day. Alas, what would we do? Oh, with such great power to have in our lives this day but one extra hour. Oh, would we love? Oh, would we live? Oh, what new life then on this day would we give? And so we give thought to an extra moment of breath before we there would hasten now upon the darkness and death for one extra hour of light, for one extra hour of sun, for one great day in the night before all days are done. Oh my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, Blaine. I love it. That's pretty remarkable. Oh, good. All right, great. I'm glad you like it. Uh, <laughs> So that's the idea. You know, you get a title and you just kind of BS around it. You have some fun. That's fantastic. I love it. Blaine Swin, thank you so much for joining us. For our listeners who are interested in taking in an improvised Shakespeare Company show, uh, you've already shared with us that you play five nights a week at the I.O. Theater in Chicago. 
And there's a company as well in Los Angeles. Is there? Do you have an artistic home there, or are you vagabonds in Los Angeles? That's right. We perform regularly at the Largo Theater. They can find it at largo-la.com. At the Largo Theater. And did you say, Blaine, okay. this is Jim, on November 11th, you're going to be at Symphony Space? Is that what you said? 92nd Street Y. And for those who are interested in finding out more, where should they direct their internet machines? ImprovisedShakespeare.com. Blaine, thanks so much for being our guest today on The State of Shakespeare. Oh, thank you. It was a ball. It was great to talk to you. Awesome, Blaine. Thank you very much. And I loved, I love your improv. It was fantastic. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare. Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.